Wonderful job, choir and music and children. Man, what a blessing. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm a little overwhelmed this morning, quite honestly. Uh, I've, um, it's always special to see a young couple bring a child and dedicate that child to the Lord. That's a precious thing that I get to be a part of, and I thoroughly enjoy that. It's a special day uh, anyway because I think about uh, the blessings, ladies, that you are to the church, and um, we, um, we're blessed, and I'm thankful for you. And so, and the music's been wonderful, and uh, I got a blessed surprise right before we started when my dear mother, who's been very limited in being able to go and do and those type things because of the state of my father, walked in and is worshiping with us. You're a blessing. Thank you so much. For years, she'd travel. They'd do whatever they had to do to be there on Mother's Day as much as possible. And uh, didn't see that coming this year. You, 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 you blessed me. Thank you so much. Throughout my years in church life, which has been all my life, I've often been blessed by ladies that are dedicated to serving the Lord. Some are young. They don't have families of their own, and in those younger years that are often selfish, they instead serve the Lord by serving others. I've watched my own oldest daughter, while a commuting college kid, take on assisting a Sunday school class and nannying three boys on the days she'd have class. It's grown her up a lot and taught her a lot about serving. I've seen the old, those who continue to invest. There are those of all ages helping in the nursery and in Awana and in teaching Sunday school. I've seen moms shattering their own children while teaching a gaggle of others along the way. I've seen those with no children of their own take that extra energy and not turn it inward but turn it outward and lead a lot of other people's children in the way of the Lord. I've watched my wife over the years turn young children's music programs to gold for the glory of God while investing in the lives of those children through a church kindergarten program and music ministry. And the tireless efforts of so many are why you need to have your children in church when we can and never miss a moment that we can help. I've been blessed by all my life by such ladies. And Timothy was too. 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, the Apostle Paul wrote to him and said, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and self-control. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in his suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Timothy was blessed by a godly mother and a godly grandmother, they left a legacy, a legacy that not only shone forth in his life, but others could see the evidence of their walk with God upon Timothy's life. Paul knew about them. 
he placed greater confidence in Timothy because of who had molded him and the evidence that he had seen in Timothy's life that the mold had took. And I'll just tell you this morning that I am blessed like Timothy. I come from a legacy of godly ladies and my mother and my grandmother. And the lessons that they taught me resonate in my heart and life. And I just want to share four of them this morning. The first one is this. Trust the Word of God. Trust the Word of God. I I loved my grandfather. He died when I was young, and uh, I don't remember much about him except his very presence and his vibrant passion for the gospel of Christ. And it left a mark on me how that man could walk up to somebody that he had never met and turn a conversation to a gospel conversation almost immediately with a passion that was unmarked. And and it left a mark on me. But I, I remember so much more about my grandmother who lived much longer from the early days until the day her faith became sight. When I was a child, I'd spend the night with her and sleep in one of the twin beds in her bedroom that had her mean dog lying on the floor between us. I was a young man with a small bladder and a lot of fear. Afraid to go to the bathroom and that I'd wake up later with her sitting at the table, the kitchen table, with her Bible before her drinking her coffee, eating her toast and her government cheese. Ain't nothing as good as government cheese. And taking in the Word of God. She showed me what it means to make the Word of God a lamp to my feet and a light unto your path before I ever knew about Psalm 119, 105. She showed it to me. One One of the most cherished times... When I lived away from my parents and would visit was our coffee time in the morning. Um, I rise earlier than my family does, and my parents typically did too. But before my family would wake up, I could share a cup of coffee with my parents. And Mom's always lapped with her Bible for her morning Bible reading. Paul, Paul put it this way. In 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, he said, but as for you, and and in context, he's talking about as opposed to the sinful world, continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing that whom you've, you've learned it, and how from childhood you become acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, don't leave the legacy that's been left to you. There were four scholars that were arguing over Bible translations. And one of them said, I like the King James Version because of its beauty and because of its eloquence. And another said, well, I like the New American Standard Version because of its accuracy and because of its literalism. And somebody else said, well, I like the New International Version because, it's, because of its ability to understand and, and reliability. And the fourth guy grew very quiet. He snickered a little bit to himself, and he finally said, I personally, prefer my mother, my, I, I personally prefer my mother's translation. The others laughed, and he continued. And he said, yes, she translated the scriptures, 
My, my mom translated each page of the Bible into life. It is the most convincing translation I've ever read. I was taught to trust the Word of God. I'll tell you what else I was taught. I was also taught to go to church. <laughs> I'm thankful that my parents made a priority for me to be in church on Sunday. I didn't know there was an option. I just knew I was to be in church. And my friend, that's the way it ought to be. The writer of Hebrews tells us not to neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more. Of all the medical pandemic that we've suffered through with COVID, I don't make light of it. I buried too many of my friends that died from it. But with everything that it did to us medically, the reality is the greater damage that COVID has done is spiritual. It's like a spiritual pandemic across this country. And in 2020, in 2020, COVID did one of two things to churchgoers. It either got you out of the habit or it made you hungry to be there. And the evil one, going back to the spiritual pandemic part, the evil one has had a field day. And this country was set back spiritually significantly during those days. And I believe you see the evidence of that. I really do. The ripple effects of that have made our problems that much worse. And it, it, it's almost like we're having to spiritually build back up the body of Christ. And I, I'm not speaking of this church. Don't misunderstand. God's blessing us in a mighty way, and I'm thankful today. I'm speaking of the church of Jesus Christ. The Lord established the church for the body of Christ to build one another up. And that's not out of date and it's not old-fashioned. It's as needed, if not more today than ever it's been needed. So with every opportunity that we have, let's make the most of it. For those of us who are less than faithful before, give the Lord Sunday. Dedicate it to him. Be, be, be faithful to it. I'm living proof that when you're raised in church, there's a lot better chance that you'll be in church when you grow up, or at least when you wise up. And sometimes that don't fall in line just the same. As opposed to those who are not raised in church and really have a hard time ever getting there. Now, I was taught to go to church. But I've also been taught how to serve in the church. My grandmother and mother have always been faithful to serve. I, I know what it's like to be a kid with your dad in the choir and your mom on the organ. Uh, somehow she could stare me down and read a hymn book at the same time. I, I don't know how that happens, but <laughs> she could do it. And I've seen her be faithful with taking care of homebound. I've seen her be faithful to volunteer for nursery and vacation Bible school and all those things. I saw her faithfully man a food ministry in a community that so desperately needed it. However, the one I want to emphasize that's taught me how to serve is my wife. She's never been one at the forefront always willing to lend a hand. Dawn has been gifted musically and is a blessing to children. And she uses those gifts 
for the Lord, never showcasing, never out front. That's my job. Never forceful. Always sensitive. She'll give you a word or a cue when you need it. She's a godsend. And I've been taught and shown how to serve in church. Lastly, I was taught if it's the Lord's will. I was not familiar with the biblical concept of this growing up. I was familiar with the mama concept of it. That no matter what we planned, no matter what we did, mama would always say if it's the Lord's will. We'd be planning on getting together and having a meal together. Something like She said, if it's the Lord's will. Well, why wouldn't the Lord want us to get together? You know? <laughs> What's he got against us eating? You know? <laughs> and then one day I read James chapter 4, 13 through 16. I know I'd read it many times before, but it, like cornflakes, I read it again for the first time. And it says this, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we'll live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in, in arrogance. All such boasting is evil. And I read that and I went, wait a minute. That ain't original with my mama. She got it from James. <laughs> Friend, I want you to hear me. I don't believe there's ever been a time in history when that is a more pertinent, prudent word. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But thank God I know who holds tomorrow. And so let's not be so sure of ourselves, but instead of being sure of ourselves, let's make a point to be sure of the Lord and be dependent upon him. Or maybe let's be so uncertain because we know that God is already there in the matter of our concerns. So we need not be concerned about it. That's what I was taught. And mom's in the hustle and the bustle of the daily, when it seems like you are merely just trying to make two ends meet, just get them out the door and get them back in the house safely. I want you to remember the power of the presence of the Lord in your lives and of those that God has placed before you. Teach them to trust his word. Even when you read it and are trying to figure out how is this going to work in my life? I mean, I know what he says is true and I know what my circumstances are and I don't know how the two is going to come together, but I'm going to trust him. I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to share that trust with my family. Let me tell you something. The word of God will stand when all of us are gone. It'll still stand. You can rest in it. Go to church. When they leave your house, you want them to be faithful in God's house. And then daily depend upon God and his will. 
What would you have us do, Lord? What is your will for us? If it's your will, we will. And let me finish with a disclosure. Moms, you're not going to get it all right. <laughs> you're not. And your children aren't. They're not going to get it all right. And your husbands aren't. Guys, you owe me one. <laughs> However, live to impress upon your children the love of God. Instill his truth in them. And then just live for Jesus. <laughs> just live for Jesus. They'll see it. There is no guarantee that everything is going to be perfect because it's not. There is no guarantee that everything's going to be right with your children because it's not. But you'll know that you did everything you could as long and as best as you could, not even for the sake of your own children, but because your life was dedicated to the Lord. And that message... When the details of the everyday fade as memories fade, that truth will remain. Let's leave legacies for the Lord Jesus and trust him with the days ahead. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never trusted the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior this morning, I want to give you the greatest offer in life you'll ever hear. And I don't give it to you based on any merit that I have. I give it to you based on what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross. For when he knew already, before we were even born, how low a sinner we would be, how many wrong things we had done, when he knew that, he went to the cross of Christ and died for us to have the opportunity for salvation. If you've never surrendered your heart and life to the Lord Jesus and said, Lord, I'm a sinner and I know I am and I need you to forgive me and to cleanse me and to save me, I want you to know that today's the day of salvation. What a wonderful Mother's Day it'd be for you to give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ today. So if God's leading you in that way, I encourage you to come as we stand and sing in just a moment. Maybe you're here and the reality is that God's drawing you to this church. And you know that. Just obey him. Just trust him. We'll guide you through that process. What, what a wonderful way God's working and moving in our church. You want to be a part of that? You feel like God's leading you to be a part of that? You come. Maybe you're here and you know that you have given your heart and life to the Lord, but you've never been baptized as a believer. You've never publicly acknowledged that biblically. And if that be the case, I want to ask you to come. Let us know that. We'll be happy to guide you in that. Or maybe you just need to lay something before the Lord. You might want to stay right where you're at and just thank God for the godly ladies that God's placed in your life. I don't know what God's telling you to do, but I know you'll never be satisfied when you do less than what God would have you to do. So I'll always ask you just to be obedient. Lord Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for the love that you have for us. Thank you, Lord, for your sweet presence here today. I ask God that you'll guide us right now to just be obedient, to follow your lead, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. If you would stand.